Bullshit. Pretend for a moment we've entered a parallel universe, free of bullshit and full of bold solutions. That's what the Nobia Show is all about. I'm your host, Dave Mastovich. Our guest today is quality guru, Dr. Lisa Walters. But first, let's cut the bullshit. You've heard it. Heck, you might even say it or think it from time to time. That's not my problem. It could be related to a customer issue or a flawed work process or another department or team members responsible for a task or project you know isn't progressing as it should. Yet when a new idea is proposed, many people point out potential negatives or say nothing. The new approach is met with little or no support and even resistance. These and other examples make the not-my-problem problem one of the biggest roadblocks to positive change. If you're the person promoting change, present the rationale behind the idea and the metrics you will use to evaluate it. And you want to talk metrics, Dr. Walters is a big data metrics person. Remember, it's human nature to fear a loss of control or an increased workload resulting from a new process. Show how the new way helps each group impacted by the change. Communicate clearly and often. Create a sense of urgency among the troops. Point out what they lose by standing pat and what they gain by moving forward. Think beyond your immediate area to how other departments will be impacted. Acknowledge there could be challenges during the transition. Then listen to constructive feedback, but be firm with naysayers focusing only on the negatives. If you don't hear from some people, a common mistake is to misperceive their silence as support of your idea. You need to probe to find out what they really think and flesh out potential roadblocks. Your communication before, during, and after implementing the change will have as much impact on the success as the change itself. Create a communication plan prior to implementing the new approach. Work the plan. Ask for feedback. Listen and adjust based on what you learn. No problem, right? Our guest today is Lisa Walters, M-T-A-S-C-P-S-B-B, C-Q-A, A-S-Q, M-B-A, Ph-D. What do all those letters mean? That she's pretty damn smart. She has extensive experience in CGXP auditing and consulting, including medical labs, transfusion services, tissue banking, plasma collection, and blood services. She's a faculty member of State University of New York at Fredonia and Penn State Erie, Center for Continuing Education. She was the principal of Healthy Solutions Consulting and began her career in quality assurance with the American Red Cross. She's also a published author. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, David. It's a pleasure to be here. Full disclosure, I've known Lisa since first grade and can't remember the last time I called her Lisa since some moron gave her the nickname Ziggy way back when. Yep, we have the backstory on that. Yeah, now I do. We're not going to share it, but we have it. I ended up going into medical technology. So that was like clinical laboratory scientists. So you can do, um, you know, I always used to say, if you could secrete it, I could test it. Uh, Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. that's um, pretty much right. (laughs) Uh, So that's pretty much what I went to school for. If you could secrete it, I could test it. it. Now that's that's a positioning (laughs) statement. That is the line. And um, uh, so I went to Clarion for that. It is one of the top medical technology schools in, in the state. Harvard, Princeton, Clarion. And then Clarion. And then when I got out, I went into, you know, into work and I found then that I was a generalist. So I would do all the different work in all the different labs. So chemistry analysis, hematology, you name it, I did it. 
and but I was really interested in what they call immunohematology or the blood banking, blood um, um, blood science, and uh, to you know use a, like more of a simplistic term. Uh, and I really wanted to learn as much as I could about that. So I, I wanted to go from knowing a lot about, I mean, knowing a little about a lot to knowing a lot about maybe one area. Okay. So I just said I want to learn about blood banking. And um, so I wanted to specialize in that because when you're a medical technologist, you can take a an exam. It's called the board of reg, um, you know, the board of registry registry exam through the American Society of Clinical Pathologists, and you can certify then as a medical technologist. At that time, it was called an MT. We they changed the names a little bit, uh, and, but then you could take a specialty exam. And I wanted to take the specialty in, within um, blood banking. So I wanted to go. I went to the Red Cross in Johnstown at that time uh, to to get to learn as much as I could about blood banking and work with, you know, um, an individual who was probably one of the premier people in the region in mm -hmm. blood banking. Uh, and as a result, I was able to get that specialist in blood banking. And after I did that, uh, the Red Cross was good to me and they, they promoted me into a, um, like a supervisory role, um, in the, in the one department in the lab. And, uh, at that time I was right when St. Francis, which what is now St. Francis university, mm -hmm. they were starting up their MBA program. And, uh, the Red Cross was very good at saying, if you want, you know, they had a nice continuing education program and they would pick up a certain percentage of it. So I went up and enrolled in the St. Francis MBA program and went through that program. Uh, what years were those? Oh my gosh. I graduated from St. Francis in 19, uh, 99, um, or 98. So I would have been like, Oh, you know what? That's a lie. That's probably 94, 94. So I but would have been like 20 thing, years old at that time. Is, yeah. <laughs> the most important thing is that I did get my MBA before you. Yeah. At IUP. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I did beat you in that multiplication test. I don't think you beat me in a multiplication test ever. I would like I, to see evidence think, to that I regard. I'm going to bring it now. Bring it now. Fourth grade. Fourth Mr. Killian was my cousin. Mr. Killian, that, that's what I was about to say. Mr. Killian <laughs> was her cousin. We had the big competition for the whole school. It was the multiplication test thing. It was under tremendous pressure. I won, and her cousin, Mr. Killian, cheated to give it to her, I think. <laughs> mm -mm. I'm not sure. This is a lie. Do you have any evidence to that regard? No, I don't. However, let's bring, we, let's make some polynomials call, out right now. Ed Killian. Let's call your cousin <laughs> Ed down. Killian. Mr. Killian was also a football oh, coach. That's funny. Big dude. Oh, my well, God. Well, let me take a couple She's points. So when you were a generalist, uh, you were a generalist, you had generalist. You had to learn a multiple task. Did you also manage some people at that Not point? at that time. Okay. Not as a generalist. So then you move into the supervisory role, mm -hmm, the but you're also getting the specialist education. And right. Then you, and you had the wherewithal to take night classes at St. Francis right. University That's right. to get your MBA right. four or five years after I had mine. Right. Okay. After you. Yes. Right. Well, I don't know if it's four or five because, you know, I don't know how much, how good you are at addition. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, um, so, so while I did that, um, at that time, my, my, you know, not to say my husband, he decided that he was going to go back to school. He was going to go for dental medicine. Yes. And so he moved to Pittsburgh without me. Now that I look back, maybe that was planned. <laughs> you know, now that I look back. So, and so what happened though, with the Red Cross at that time, um, had opportunities to get into quality management and do quality audits. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you could live anywhere to 
do that. So out of necessity, I was like, well, I got my MBA and I really kind of like this quality management thing. I'm going to apply for this job. And that's how I got into it. I got into quality management through that. I was able then to move to Pittsburgh. And then after years, I worked for the Red Cross uh, as a quality auditor and really, really enjoyed it. It was a great job. Uh, then um, I took a break and had my own consulting business really when my son was small. When he okay. was just born, I took a break. And at that time is when I, um, I I still wanted to, quote unquote, keep my hands bloody. So I did um, like accreditation <laughs> audits. Two, you know? two lines already that have to make the show notes. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, so I did accreditation audits for blood banks and things. And I took that opportunity to write um, books for the industry about quality management and things. So, and then I went back to the Red Cross for a while. And then I was had the opportunity. Well, I was with the Red Cross in the quality audit position. They came to me and said, you know, do you want to go for your PhD? We'll send you. And, you know, the only thing is you do your dissertation on us and do the study and give us the information. And so I did that. That's a great, um, great uh, process. And, you know, but they picked it. You know what I mean? They, you know, I, I mean, it was a decided thing. And so, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was a great opportunity. And, and then later than that opportunity, I started adjuncting at Fredonia State at that time, or excuse me, the State University of New York at Fredonia, even though we're not mm -hmm. Ohio State, we have the the there. Um, uh, I, I started adjuncting and I adjuncted when Nicholas was little, my son was little, um, um, while I was still doing consulting work. And then the position opened for operations uh, full-time. So I applied for that and um, I was lucky enough and fortunate enough uh, to secure that role. So that's where I am now. And so I had to kiss the Red Cross goodbye on that regard. And then I went into full-time teaching, which I just love. The No BS Marketing Podcast with Dave Mastovich is brought to you by Mass Solutions. Put our three-step No BS process to work for you. Visit MassSolutions.biz today to take your marketing to another level. It's all about bold solutions, no BS. It's the No BS Marketing Show. I'm your host, Dave Mastovich. That's Lisa Ziggy Zellick walters who uh, I spent uh, kindergarten through uh, graduating high school uh, with her in the Johnstown area growing up. And she's uh, full of energy and activity and also humble in the midst of that conversation. She's like, yeah, I wrote books for, like, didn't even, didn't even bring she it up. As, it. Didn't even, it didn't even bump it as a, just like it was nothing. So tell us about some of the writings you've done. Okay. So I did the, the, the books that I wrote, I was like a co, I was a contributing author. And then I coordinated a group of um, really talented people to maybe write specific chapters. And then Excellent. I was the overall editor of those books. Mm -hmm. See, because it occurred to me when I would go out and do these accreditation views that, you know, you know how healthcare is. I don't have to tell you. It's like, you need to do these things, but we don't have any money to educate you, to send you, you know what I mean? Yes. It, it's hard. Yes. Resources yes. are tight. So we would go out and we do these accreditation reviews of blood banks and transfusion services. And they were all doing technically the right things. They were doing, you know, everything was technically correct, but they didn't understand the idea of setting, um, uh, strategic goal, uh, you know, strategic initiative goals, objectives. They didn't, they didn't really necessarily do that. They didn't know how to monitor their data. They didn't know how to do qualify, like how to um, evaluate job descriptions and training. And so those are the people like that. They'd be like ISO 9001. I don't know if you guys yeah. are more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Be yes. like that, like a quality system. They didn't under. So we, as a, um, as in blood banking industry, roll out a, a standards that look a lot like the ISO standards, but no one really knows the heck is this ISO standard thing? You know, what mm -hmm. is it? So it occurred to me that, geez, everywhere we go, these people are doing the right things and working really hard at doing the right things. Uh, but they really didn't have that foundation, you know? And so we, I said, I'm going to write, I want to write a book 
on it. I'm going to get a group of people. I'll write a lot of it, and then I'll get some experts in, and we'll put a book in the um, American Association of Blood Banks, which is now the organization formerly known as Prince, like AABB, okay? Yeah, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. They kind of changed the name of it. Um, so it's now known as the ABB. I approached them, the AB Press, and pitched the proposal to them, and they, they said, go for it. So we put the book together, and it was called Introducing the Big Q, a what basic year was quality that? primer. That would have been, uh, let's see, that was early on, so my son was pretty smart. So 2004. That's around. impressive. And then, uh, so we put that out, and then, then you know what came on the scene was Six Sigma. Everything mm-hmm. was Six Sigma, and still mm-hmm. is Six Sigma. And that's when I fell in love with data. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, although, like you know, you had referred about the data analytics, I'm, I'm not a data scientist by any stretch. You know, mm-hmm. there were people that are. I was humbled last week. I was at a conference, and I never saw so many smart people in my life. All, all I wanted to do is say, look, I have a pretty purse. I, you know what I mean? <laughs> they were so smart. you know. But um, that's when I fell in love with uh, – I, I got exposed to the American Society for Quality, um, which is an a international quality organization, and I met all these – data uh, engineers and and I and they were doing the Six Sigma thing. I was like, this is fabulous. I got to get in on this, you know, and they were making improvements in their organizations, saving quarter of a million dollars. And, you know, I was like, how do we do all this? So then we in, um, then I got another group of people together, did another proposal for the AABB press. And we did, we called it Simple Six Sigma. And so we wrote a book on that, um, put that together. And then, you know, the blood banks um, and transfusion services, you know, they really started to get a hold of this. Very smart people, obviously. They're very smart people doing this kind of stuff. And um, uh, so it was then time to ramp it up. So after we introduced the big Q, the last book we did was called Romancing the Q. Because you can go ahead and meet the Mm -hmm. Q, but you have to really marry it. Mm -hmm. And we called it Dancing with the Quality Gorilla, right? Because you don't sit down when when you get tired, you sit down when the gorilla gets tired. I like the creative uh, creativity and making the something that could just be a staid subject and you turn it into something a little bit more interesting and a little compelling. Talk about writing those books because it's an arduous process to put a book together. Oh, because everybody has conflicting um, timeframes and then everybody has a different voice. So like I was had, I did have the advantage of being the one that was like going to write the majority of it. Uh, but then I would get the books back and, or the chapters back, and then I would put it in my own voice. So I wanted the books all to be the kind of book, like the phone rings. Of course, nobody does that anymore. The phone doesn't ring. They're like, what is that? When they hear the noise, you know, they don't understand that you're supposed to pick it up. Yes. Um, uh, so the, the, like the phone, so the phone rings and you pick it up and your friend over there says, I'm, I have, I'm looking at a control chart and it says this, what does this mean? So it's you talking to a friend. So the books are written in that voice that me, I'm talking to you yes. and I'm explaining to you what all of this stuff means. This is what change management is. This is what validation is. And yes. I'm explaining it to you in very um, a conversational language uh, so that you feel, in fact, I, so when you read it, like, cause you've known me for a long time, you should almost feel like you can, can hear, hear your me. voice. Yeah. That's like how I feel with my liners, book. Yes. You know with what my I mean? book, I, my goal of my book is that someone that knows me reading that should hear my little right. voice inside their little and head. And smile about it. And like, smile so, about yeah. And smile about so it. I have and to, they, yeah. Yeah. So yeah I have you to ask exactly Suzanne, Suzanne I mean. can you imagine if we the teachers going through this? Every yeah. class competing for the Attention. comedy, both of us, both of us comedians. 
Yet both whip smart, yeah. you know? Yeah, so. Well, smarter than every one of those teachers at 13. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like every 13-year-old Cobol. Except Mr. Cobol. Who is, yeah, Mr. Cobol. He yeah. was really smart. Miss Shevers, she has a legacy. She was our English teacher, and all these people wrote. My brother's a full-time writer. You wrote. I wrote. All these people yep. were writers yeah. from Give this little, little school. She she did a good Head job. So I was time. teasing. I was teasing. Head we thought we were smarter than all those teachers. Yeah, right. And we were smarter than probably half of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is true. But I will say that I do... I, I do defer because because I might have been funny, but nobody is that funny. Nobody is as funny as David. You know, nobody. So I, I she's one of like four people to call me David. David. She did all all of our lives call me David. But my high school ba- basketball coach, and my college basketball coach, and my father in law and her call me David. And of course, my mom. That's the way of course, I met my mom. You, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and that's why. And that's why I call you Zig. That's the way I met. Oh, that's because no, you made me. <laughs> yeah, I heard the story. Yeah, sure, Not nice. the story. Nice. Yeah. So, there you go. So the story was, I don't even know what it is. Forget it. It was yeah. nice. But was anyway, nice. We'll so that's that. the way we write it, right? We wrote the book. So those are like the industry publications. Yes. And then, um, of course, then I have to do, as in my, in Fredonia, um, required to do like um, more academic type of writing, which is a whole different animal. Yes. And um, was hard to, to kind of get a hold of. So my, my research interest, though, is compliance, uh, as well as um, how you, and Six Sigma methodology implementation. So mm-hmm. like students will do Six Sigma projects and then maybe we'll collect data on how well they they learned it did that help them learn operations more that kind of thing so uh we're talking with our guest today lisa well dr lisa walters uh i know her as ziggy so i'm going to say all these letters and you have to tell me what these mean m-t-a-s-c-p-s-b-b okay medical technologists through the american society of clinical pathology with a specialist in blood banking C-Q-A-S-A-S-Q. Certified Quality Auditor through the American Society for Quality. MBA that I got after Dave. Right. Okay. <laughs> PhD that I beat Dave to. I don't, think, I don't think he's going to get <laughs> I don't think he's going to get catch me on this. Okay. So but going through all this stuff, we like to ask people if they've had any mentors, you know, other than their parents, yeah. uh, any mentors that impacted you and, and how it might help our audience. You know, it's funny because I maybe I don't necessarily consider him a mentor, but he is somebody that did influence my life, and that's David Kobach. Okay. And I, I'm remiss because I always say, I'm going to write him a letter someday. I'm going to write David Kobach a letter. We're going to send him a link to this because he emailed me once. If you can. I will. Because to me, David Kobach, uh, to this day, I use what he called the system. To yes. show kids how to like change from units to units, I, I do all that time. That well, I'll show you later after I show you have a gathering. You know, number. he paddled me a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, well, deservedly probably. You no, know, he, hey, back in the day, you can get away with you, it. He, you know, who, he paddled well. Uh, he he could he, your your cousin could really paddle. Yeah, Mr. Killian could. Paddle. Oh yeah, yeah. I still yeah. all call them Mister. I see them call I, him Mister. I know, and they're like, I know. They're like, dude. You're yeah, like, yeah. It's you're okay. Like, we're good Mr. now. We're good now. But uh, Cobalt could paddle. Yeah, he, he had the could. long paddle. But yeah. see, Killian went with yeah. the smaller paddle. Yeah. And then there was like Samala tried paddling. And he hit paddling. And I said, That's it. Yeah, really. really? You better it? go up there and train with David Cobalt. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, let's see who else. Uh, well, <laughs> those were the main ones. Palumbo. Palumbo. Oh, he passed oh away. He passed away, but he could uh, kick ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Palumbo could kick ass with okay. his paddle. His was also a thin one, like you, a thick one, like uh, <laughs> Mr. Kuhn. See, the, the long, thin one was Mr. Cobalt's. Yeah, he was good because he was a chemist and he understood. Uh, you <laughs> yes. know what I mean? Like, you know, he, he was, understood measurement and like, uh, you know what I mean? And he, the impact he was of, also the only left-hander. 
That's right. And it made he, a difference on the on the angle. Because John yeah. Poliak, who I spoke to yesterday, oh and I would compete. And we kept track. And I, I kept track. I had a little notepad that kept track of me, John Poliak, and Britain, Rich Britain. Rich Britain. And I, I would win going away. I had like I got patterned 172 times oh junior gosh. year. It was absurd. That's and awesome. they were like 113, 111. <laughs> and I would like taunt them. I'd go, I'm, my, I'm kicking your ass by getting my ass paddled. You know, it's funny that you say that about David Kobob. Because he used to write on the board with one hand, and he'd be erasing with the other. Yes. That's, I do remember that. I don't remember anything about the chemistry mm-hmm. class, mm-hmm. but I, yeah. I remember the paddling uh-huh. and he, that his neck would about, get red when about, he was mad. Yeah, well, mostly yeah, from you, yeah. But like, <laughs> if he he would say, "Remember, a day without chemistry is a day without sunshine." Yes. And I teach that to my operations students. If I come into my classroom, I always say, "A day without operations," and they'll say, "Is a day without sunshine." And I got that from him yeah. because it just sets the. You know, like, you should love this. He was a mentor. Okay. He was just so smart. I wanted to be like him. And he taught us so much, like how to study in college, all these things. He was, I, I really owe a lot to him. And then um, at Clarion, I had mentors. Like Mrs. Donna Kai was my advisor. She was wonderful. I had um, Dr. Beck. Now, he has passed away, but he's he's the one that said to me, you need to go to graduate school. You you know what I mean? He encouraged me um, yeah. and you know, and took time. Took time to do that. I think now as I'm a professor, I think people are like, oh, my gosh, how do you have this kind of time? They took time. Yes. Um, and I, I don't forget that they did that. And um, in my MBA, which I got recently, really after you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so um, there were... Uh, Dr. Dennis McElnay, who was now retired from St. Francis, but he was just, he was one of those professors that anything they said was gold, right? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. he had that way about him and boiling down to no nonsense and mm-hmm. just a great guy. And so those were like my, taught me about organizational behavior in a way that, that like opened my eyes. It was like the aha moment yes. in his class. Uh, then with, um, in professionally, when I said I went to the Red Cross because I wanted to study with, um, uh, you know, I wanted to work with, you know, a, a great thinker in this area. Her name was Nancy Steffi. Okay. And she she's recently retired uh, in the last few years, but she um, she took me under her wing. She said I was the hyperactive daughter she never had. Um, and still, we call her Yoda because she's so smart about transfusion. And uh, I learned so much from her. And if I didn't, if I didn't, work with her, I would never have gotten my specialist in blood banking. There's no way. So she was just fabulous. And, um, and then like from the quality aspects, uh, my, uh, my one, my, my one, um, colleague and Bob Bear, he was like one of those once in a lifetime bosses. Yes. He taught me so much about quality auditing and quality. And then there was a guy up in Erie, uh, in um, uh, Tony Salvia, he is a professor emeritus at Penn State. He taught me about data, and uh, from Six Sigma, there is a gentleman recently retired from Lord Corporation, Jerry Sobrowski. These are the people that really taught me a lot about quality and data. Now at Fredonia, I have a couple people that help me, and like my chairperson, Mo Siadian. Uh, there's another uh, professor, Linda Hall, who's a quintessential professor. Uh, she's just fabulous, accounting professor. But she she's taught me how to, you know, find publications, you know, and Moj has actually helped me write, you know, got and then I'm now recently in data analytics, Dr. Renetta Barneva. She's there. She's teaching me more about data analytics than. But see, the great thing about it is here you are a Ph.D. You've achieved all these accolades and you're still talking about how you're learning on a daily basis from not one, not two, but ten people. And that's what's huge about personal growth is mm-hmm. understanding that you can learn from anybody. Oh, everybody has something to teach. Okay, so let's go to uh, the the BS stuff. We've all okay. seen it, or I often joke, smelled it. BS in the workplace. Give me an example that could be a company culture, questionable leadership, poor work ethic, a time when you just had to say, that's BS. 
in one of my professional roles, and I, I won't go into too much, you know what I mean? We, uh, we as a whole organization should have been working toward one end, <laughs> but um, we had a lot of silos and, um, and, you know, you know, as a person that had the MBA before me, that that's in, inappropriate, right? You know what I mean? That we should all be pulling together for these same goals. And and again, I, I think about how Dr. McElmoy say always used to say, this is what it says in a book, but this is the reality that what you're going to see. And it was so true. There were all these different silos. Mm -hmm. So we would give them, our role was to provide an analysis uh, about maybe the current state of um, the processor of a system. And it would be like giving it to one of the political pundits of today. And you would give it to them and you, you would say, you know, basically what you're saying by the data, the data say your baby is ugly. And they would come back and say, actually, it's quite unique. And so what you're telling me is that this is what's, this is the percentage that's wrong, but what about the percentage that's, that's right? And let's spin it to the, our outside accreditors that way. So there was a lot of like spinning so much so that you would get to the point where the spinning was believing. And so we were convincing ourselves that we were in a much better place than where we were. And I would get angry. So we would do a lot of meetings like this, like where, you know, maybe I'd call in, you know, a lot of virtual meetings. And I began to be like nasty in these meetings or very short in these meetings or to the point where I would, you know, they would ask me a question on the data and I would say, well, there it is. Can't you interpret it? You know what I mean? Or maybe you should interpret it because mm -hmm. um, you obviously know more about it than me, you know, and, and it wasn't good. It wasn't healthy. I like one of the days of those meetings, I'd be like sick in my stomach, you know, those kinds of things. And um, uh, so, but, you know, it got to the realization that, that I either had to get congruent with that or I had to maybe move away from that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? What'd you do? I moved away from it and let it be. Because it wasn't the, the culture was so ingrained, there was nothing that could be done. There's not one person, you know. You could try, yes. you know. You go in optimistic, like, "Ooh, little Susie Sunshine," you know. Yes. Look what I found! I found this. Ooh, ooh, isn't this exciting? And they're like, "No, it's not exciting at all," you know. Exactly. Yes. And you're like, "Well, I'm telling you something that we can correct." I don't care. So for your health, you have to move on. Yes. And that's important for our mm -hmm. listeners. Mm -hmm. That's Dr. Lisa Walters on the No BS Show, and I want to make sure our listeners remember that. The show is brought to you by Audible.com. If you're not using Audible, give it a try, and we're going to give you a free trial for 30 days and get a free book on Audible at audible.com slash trial, no BS. Mm -hmm. Wait, I'm going to mess that up, Suze. Audibletrial.com slash no BS. Audibletrial.com slash no BS. True confession, I downloaded mine this weekend for a road trip I was talking I downloaded the new Anderson Cooper book. Awesome. Nice. Isn't Audible awesome when you're driving? Uh -huh. Awesome. And so so then that, that's going to help Mass Solutions. Thank you mm -hmm. very much. So get your free Audible uh, trial through Mass Solutions, and we'll have that on the show notes as well. And you'll get to listen to more of our conversation with Dr. Lisa Walters in part two of the No BS Show.